0: Thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you're listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have we will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk.
1: And uh, we're pumped to celebrate. This is our final week of celebrating Easter. We went with like three weeks of Easter this year for one reason. It was spring break sandwiched. Easter, right? Yeah, Sumner School District on vacation the week of Easter, and then after Easter, White River School District, and then Enum Clause going on spring break here in a few. So we're like, let's celebrate Easter for three weeks. Really, here at Open Life, we celebrate Easter all year round, But officially, for three weeks, we're doing it. And so we're going to celebrate again this whole reality of what it means that Jesus did go to the grave and raise again and he took all of our sin upon himself on the cross and more of that in a second. But first I wanted to take a few minutes to formally introduce our uh our youth pastor because we didn't uh there I see your dad with a camera right there. So I was like just getting the water <laughs> bottle. There's a clean shot of your your son, we're proud of him. So, uh, but we're we're going to have some fun here and just kind of introduce him and give him a little window of opportunity to share a bit of vision as well. Um, so let's go. This is this is is Jonathan Parker. Do you feel like you're in trouble if people call you Jonathan? I think so. Or I'm at work. One of the so two. John is a better version. I like John. Okay. So in, in, introduce yourself. Like, what do we need to know about you? What
2: what. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm John Parker. I'm 23 years old. I like long walks on the beach. Oh, wait.
1: Yeah, this, no, that's the dating website. Oh, we'll do that later. Okay, cool.
2: No, um, I love people. I love getting to know people. I love coffee. I love food. So if you want to hang out, hey, I'm game. But um, no, I love sports. I love just hanging out. So those which, are a couple
1: things. Which sports teams, just to clarify?
2: All Seattle, of course. Uh,
1: Just making sure. No. No. Why would you?
2: I know those guys are crazy, huh?
1: I know, but so um, we we were looking for someone who had the time and availability to give himself to get into the lives of students and walk through the so many open doors. I mean, every week there's a story of an open door in our community where they're saying come, here's, here's this, the school district reaching out to us, the community's reaching out to us. And, and so it was cool to find someone who's really spirit of spirit with open life already. Anything you want to say about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was one of the mo- biggest motivations of actually coming here and accepting the offer was because I I've experienced firsthand the open opportunities, talking with the people in the districts in the city and seeing the opportunities. I'm like, all right, God, this is it this is where you want me to be. So it was pretty exciting to see firsthand all these people coming up saying, oh, you're the new youth pastor? That's so awesome. So just really excited to get going.
1: At the Sumner School At District event. At the Sumner
2: event. School District, yes. Yeah,
1: put that against your chin and it against might help the chin. sound guys not get Is that better for you? I was hearing the feedback. They uh, here. Here's something that's interesting because I think you verbalized this to someone. I'm totally off script, but that's the way I roll. Uh, the... Sometimes you hear churches say, hey, yeah, we're all about getting in the community. But you experience something different at Open Life.
2: Yeah, because Open Life says what they, does what they say. They actually get into the community and be a part of it, especially during the, um, the egg hunt. That was pretty impressive, I thought. So just seeing that firsthand and experiencing it and participating in it was awesome. That's very cool.
1: So we have an opportunity to connect with John in multiple ways. Um, we have a full profile for any of our Open Life leadership team on the app, and so you could like see social connection, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email. I like those um, followers. <laughs> lots of he's got to have followers and likes. Uh, the no, and then as well, here's here's a little plug. This is an idea, and I was like. What's the best way to get to know families who have students and get to know the needs and, and future ministry to launch? It, it, and you're 23, and you have opportunity, like free time in the evenings, have him over for dinner. So if you have a student in your home, 6th grade through 12th grade, uh, a great opportunity would be have John over for dinner. Now, if you have a 23-year-old daughter, well, never mind. So anyway, we're... Um, we're not starting that here. No, no. we're moving forward. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you don't want to download the app, his emails John P at com. And uh, what was your profile name on match.com? I'm just joking. I'm teasing him. Okay, so moving on. Uh, I did ex- extensive background searches, it's not even now. <laughs> so, another, th- another thing so, John has come from what church? Kent Christian Center. Kent Christian Center, and you are currently up in Kent. Your residence is in Kent, but I we am. want to get it down here. If yeah. you know of a good rental or you have like a mother-in-law apartment without a mother-in-law in it, <laughs> that'd be awkward. But anyway, they, you know, then he, he could like, uh, if you have a room that he could rent or whatever, let us know. Let him know. Uh, let's get him down here into the community. Okay, so we're starting events. We're getting things rolling. What are we excited about? We have camp yes, I am so pumped about camp I think we have a video I think so for camp back here in just a second that we're gonna we're gonna toss up so uh, in three, two go yeah yep. you didn't know our youth ministry
2: is so large already did you <laughs> So explain camp 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 is a great way for everyone to just get away for a week relocate to the east side of the state and just have fun. I mean, we have fun going swimming, intertubing, but most importantly, it's just a great time to just get away and get close to Jesus. I mean, that's, that's where i witnessed the biggest life changes of students, and that's how I've experienced my biggest life changings as a student, going to camps. There you go. It's Silver
1: Lake Silver Camp. Lake. It's put on by the Northwest Ministry Network, mm-hmm. and so there's multiple different camps. We have posters up back there. Uh, the registration should be online, but save June 22nd through 26th. Um, and uh, May 15th through the 16th, we're going to participate in a garage sale in our neighborhood and sell stuff to help students get scholarship money because uh, the camp's like 250 campus, but we can help reduce that. Scholarship's available. We never want Price to be an obstacle, right. so we'll help raise some money. Or you could go online right now and donate to that or write it in the other column of your giving envelope. You could always put student camps and uh, you'd be a sponsor. So,
2: uh, your first event is a movie event. It is. Talk about that. Talk about that. We are going to see the Avengers Age of Ultron May yeah. 1st. I'm pumped as a fanboy myself. A fanboy of Avengers? Yes, I love Like, who's em. your favorite character? Who's my favorite character? I would say Thor. Thor? I'm a great America guy. Uh, Captain or or Ameri- Captain, America. Captain America. America. See, I don't
1: even know the names. Yeah. I just failed. My son would, like,
2: tell me I was a bad guy for that. <laughs> he loves Captain America.
1: He just has his little sh- sh- I
2: just shield. Love, I just love that hammer, beefy, Australian accent, Thor. You thing. could look like him if you grew your hair out like Jaden. Nah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> so, um... That would be that'd be powerful stuff right there. So there's tickets available. You got discount tickets. I got a stack of tickets like this long. It's insane. We got about 20 tickets. Get them quick. About seven ten showing. So seven. show up at six fifty. All that info's on our website. Yes, and if you follow the Open Life Student Life Instagram account, I already posted about it. O L Student Life. O L Student Life. Yes. There you go.
1: Uh, and then your goal is to have a weekly group start to
2: meet at the same time all the other groups launch at the end of the month? That's Talk. the goal, yes. Yeah, Yeah. I can't wait. Um, we're actually looking for home volunteer groups. So, like, if you have a, a good-sized house that so you feel comfortable with a bunch of teenagers just coming and hanging out, I would love to connect with you. Like, it's, it's going to be awesome because it also gives the opportunity for parents to get to know the students as well. Yeah. So just... Uh, Just getting to know each other as one body, as one group. Not just student life group, but open life church as one body. So if people wanted to join and help serve with students, you're
1: open to their volunteerism? Yes. So you need houses. You want to kind of rotate around from house to house. And Mm -hmm. you also need uh, some leaders so you could break out within those homes into like middle school and high school and all that.
2: Yeah. And if you have a passion about students, have a passion about teaching the gospel, teaching the word, Um, Just come talk to me, come email me, come find me, and I'd love to talk. Over dinner. Over dinner, over coffee, I love coffee. There you go, perfect, perfect. Well, we're going to pray for John, but before we
1: do, I thought it'd be fun, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched Jimmy Fallon, but I do, the least little segments of him, and I laugh a lot. And here at Open Life, we like to have fun. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play a little game. Is that cool? Can we do that? Sure. So there's this game that uh, basically we've got some words that they can see that uh, you and I have to go word by word, and we have to work these words one at a time, four different words uh, for each of us. We have to work them into our conversation. So we start with word one, and then you do your word. So I'll, I'll go first to help out, and then you go, and then we will work our way through all four and laugh, but we just have to kind of have a conversation to make it happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So before we get started, are you nervous? Uh, not really. Okay, because
2: I wouldn't want any, like, problem in your bowels or anything, right? Right. Good. So let's go ahead. All right. So... Uh so yeah, no problems with my bowels this morning. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, but perfect. Um, I did have a little fungus problem on my foot. Um, pretty nasty.
1: <laughs> I have seen your foot. It's like an
2: anaconda. I don't <laughs> know like a- how you did that. <laughs> but that is like amazing. That toe. Woo-hoo. You should have seen my other toe. It is looks it- like it straight up looks like Snooky. No. Yeah, it's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. Snooky is like. I just don't watch that kind of TV. Yeah. I mean, some people are just so ostentatious, you know, and I just can't <laughs> handle watching that family because it's like to give them money to be publicly humiliated. It's kind of weird. Yeah, know. it is. Um, yeah.
2: <sighs> <sighs> yeah. So my favorite color is periwinkle. Your favorite? <laughs> just so just, it's out just, there.
1: Just so it's out there. I love that color. You love so. periwinkle and, well... It's tough for me to really select a color, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love to just be so open. That's why mm-hmm. we're called Open Life. Yeah. So it depends. I mean, on the day, as to whether it would be like blue or hot pink. Hot pink.
2: Yeah. I like that color. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I love golf. Hot pink. Bubba Watson has a hot pink driver. It's really cool. All his, all his clubs, all his caddies, all his, nincompoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've got a couple of those in my golf bag. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Wild applause! Wild
1: applause! I would imagine you made it through the final word there. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. You just awesome. have to have fun. Can we pray oh, for sure. him now? Okay, so back to the weird meter of reaching out your hand, right? We're gonna we're gonna do this. So Lord, how do you pray after that? We just pray for his anaconda toe to be smaller. <laughs> and uh, dude, no, we we thank you for the opportunity. That you give us to do ministry, you have this opportunity for your your calling and anointing to merge, and uh, for the opportunity of ministry to rise up all over this region, and, and not just in Bonnie Lake and Sumner, but but Wilkeson and and Buckley, and just this whole region starving for student ministry, and 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 I and you place an anointing on John, and you've raised him up to this moment in his life, and so I pray that God, you would just continue to open the doors and give him the leadership and the, and the relationships and, and the apprentices that would come along and, and learn what his passions are, and, and that just the result of reaching students in this community would be exponentially greater than we could ask or imagine. Just give you thanks for the timing to align and, and your will to align. And now he carries this mantle of responsibility for students. And may we just be faithful to support him, to encourage him, and uh, uh, to, to let this be the first most incredible experience of ministry he could ever dream of. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. John, here's your water that I moved for the photo op. Wild applause for John today. I have a little time left to preach now, which is awesome. No, we're going to continue um, in Luke, but yet finish our Easter series all at the same time in this cool passage and, uh, uh, that I really, really, really like. So here we go, Luke 13. Let's jump right in. On a Sabbath, by the way, this is the last time Jesus does ministry in a synagogue in the Gospel of Luke. Just a free little knowledge piece there that is interesting as we continue on. He's heading towards the cross, um, towards where he's going to give his life for our sins. So here we go. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, it says. Verse 11. A young woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Can you imagine doing that? Thanks for coming to church today, but don't come for prayer. What are you doing, right? That's what. This is just weird. Verse 15, the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, All his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Wow. You have this total like, polarized perspective again of a moment in life, and I think we still live in these polarized moments. What would your reaction be? This is what we have to do when we read Scripture, because it's an old text, right? It's 2,000 years old, but yet totally applicable for today. So we read a lot of it here at Open Life and this is in one of the gospels. It's a record a recording of stories the author Luke is writing for the cause of helping everybody be certain that Jesus was the Son of God. So Luke's writing this stuff so that we can know that Jesus is the Son of God. Here he writes this story about the Sabbath occurrence, and I'm going, what would this look like today? How do I put myself in this situation? Somebody says a young woman has been crippled for 18 years. So what if your mom or sister had been crippled for 18 years, bent over and not able to stand up straight? What if they were instantly healed in front of you. What would your response be? Delight, right? You'd be astonished. You'd be in awe. You'd be disbelief, scared, but happy, right? So that's, that's hopefully, and that you see that that's, some of them thought it was wonderful. It was delightful. But what if that healing was done for a stranger outside of your place of business, and let's say your place of business was a family medical location. This is your place of uh, this is your business, and, and you're a doctor, and this person was healed before they were coming into you as a customer. Let's say it kept happening, and, and now you have nobody coming and paying you to be a doctor anymore because they're getting healed outside. Kind of changes the perspective, right? A little bit. I think it's this moment where it's at that time the doctor has to ask themselves very transparently, am I about people being made well, or am I about getting paid to be a doctor? It's interesting to put yourself in that scenario. Well, the religious rulers in this day have this guy doing these amazing things, Jesus. Jesus. He's healing people, but he's doing it in a way that is negatively impacting what is now just their business and their rules, the religious leaders of the day. They're totally off course, and Jesus is very much so identifying that. So your two reactions you have here in this story, you have people displaying two reactions. The one reaction is indignation. They're ticked. They're really upset. They're upset that Jesus did this on a Sabbath, a day of rest that had been around for generations. And so they're just upset. But that result, their upsetness results in them being humiliated. Where you have this other group that is just leaving with incredible delight because their friend, their family member has been miraculously delivered and is a new person. I love this. And in the right spirit of celebration and what matters most, this is a beautiful story. Right? We are, we are in, if we're in right spirit with God, we celebrate this. But if we're in wrong perspective and we just start to not feel right about rules of engagement like this then we're off a little bit. Maybe we have what's called a religious spirit rising up in us, and it becomes a little unhealthy, doesn't it? I think we've all encountered people, we've heard of people that have just become more about the systems than people, and it ends up hurting people in the end. We should even be excited and rejoice if our enemies are healed, but it's way easier to say that than to do it. It's interesting. We don't want to end up humiliated, but ultimately if we just take on religion instead of a growing relationship with Jesus, we'll end up being prideful and humiliated. And we don't want to be that. And Jesus has given us a great example of what not to be here in this story. So Easter happened, right? In some countries it was this week because they have a different calendar system and in ours it was a week ago. And we came together and we celebrate because Jesus went to the cross three days later, rose from the grave and gives us this picture of conquering death, hell, and the grave and eternal life. Let me read for you how the author of Colossians records this story because it directly applies to Luke today. Colossians 2:13 says when you were dead in your sins and in an uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Easter summed up, right? He forgave us all our sins. Verse 14, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, what regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Hmm right? Our story today. What, why were they indignant against Jesus? He healed on a Sabbath day. Verse 17, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up and idle they have idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They've lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have have to do with the things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgences. It's a good question. Why do we submit to the old rules? And we still do it, right? Don't we still think, man, if I just do this more, God will love me more. Or if I'm this, God will, if I do this a little better, God will love me a little better. No, no, no. He can't love you more than he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. God loves us. We can't wreck that love. We can wreck the opportunities and blessing that he could pour out on us, but we can't wreck his love. We could step out from under his covering, but we can't wreck how much he loves us. He loves us unconditionally, and all these rules and commands that man made up, they sound familiar. They seem safe if we live within them. Maybe it helps faith be more understood. There's nothing unexpected. God does unexpected stuff that we can't predict, and if we want to predict it all, it gets sometimes uncomfortable following him. So we come up with these man-made rules, and and it makes us look smart, as it points out, and maybe it'll even make us accepted by our peers if we follow the rules, And, and it appears humble, but it's empty. False humility is what this is challenging us to grab a hold of. So Jesus' foreknowledge of this he calls him out and he says, what, what's the Sabbath? But in that very moment, it was the law of the land. So he was really flipping this game upside down. The Sabbath and these man-made rules were literally just a shadow of the things to come as Colossians 2 pointed out there. It's so like the source of the shadow versus the shadow, you have this whole deal. And if any of you has kids or have ever had kids, you know how deceiving shadows can be. Right? When they're afraid at night because they see a shadow. It's really just like a hat and a coat with the moonlight coming through at the right angle, and they see someone standing in the corner. It doesn't matter how much you convince them, nobody's in the corner. They're in your bed between you that night because there was a shadow. And it's just, we do the same thing. You know, I could tell my Bigfoot story about the shadow, and I turn around, and Anyway, it's a long story, so I'm not going to, and then you'd think I'm just clinically insane and never listen to me talk again. But anyway, so, but there was a big shadow that had to have been Bigfoot. So moving on, there's shadow realities in our life, and that's what the challenge is here in this. It's like the the shadow, we interpret our own reality based off of a shadow, and we think the shadow, in my interpretation of it, is the truth when in reality, whatever object is casting the shadow is the reality. And the object casting the shadow of the entire Old Testament of the Scripture, it's God pointing to Jesus. So, everything we're, we're seeing is a reflection of a pointing to the Son of God coming and saving the world, pointing out our need for a Savior Prophetic words and instances towards Jesus that he completely fulfilled by going to the cross, going to the grave, and raising to life. So that we have a very, very firm foundation for our faith to follow Jesus. So it's so beautiful, this story. But why do these guys come after Jesus? Because they're all about the shadow. They had a misinterpretation of Jesus. When Jesus showed up, he didn't at all look like what they thought he had to look like to win, to be the son of God, to be the one who overcame death, hell, and the grave. So there's a couple words here that I want to just highlight in the next couple moments. Pretty simple. The first word is initiate. And it's something that I shared initially here uh, in 2015 when we celebrated being five years old. We launched this church five years ago. John 3, 16 through 17 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God initiated relationship with us. God sent his son. He initiated. There's nothing we did to deserve the sending of Jesus. It was divine History changing, life changing. Freedom is found. You've been set free because Jesus came not to condemn us, but to love us into relationship with Him. God initiated versus man earned, right? Well, in our scene in Luke 13 10, Jesus initiates this healing. It's interesting. She didn't cry out to Jesus, she didn't say, Jesus, okay, for 18 years, my view is right here help me out here. No. He saw her. He had compassion on her. He called out to her. He said, you've been set free. He laid his hands on her, and this divine chiropractic miracle occurred, right? Can you imagine what it sounded like? Like, you gotta put yourself in the scene sometimes to truly appreciate. I go to the chiropractor, and if you've ever gone to a chiropractor for like the first time in like a long time, when they first whack you, I call it a whack, right? When they first whack you, and it's like everything it seems like in your body resonates inside your head, and everybody in the room thinks you're dead because they hear this big like, and you're like, are they dead? <laughs> you know? uh, it's this moment. It's just like, can you imagine just that crowd that was around and Jesus touches her and it's like, she straightens up. I can only imagine the awe and how shocking it must have been to those whom, who loved this gal to hear the indignation that existed there. It just must have been like, what? Because we look at this and this, this woman knew exactly the response. Nobody taught her. Like, she did nothing to deserve the healing. It was just God's love. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. It was his initiated gift. So Jesus is like, come. Lays hands on her. What does she do? She straightens up and goes right in to praising God. It had to have sounded like a drum roll leading right into worship. As her back snapped, pops that led to praise. And I just look at this and go, immediately she praised God. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See, God's into coming to us and calling us and and, and approaching us with his grace. His grace. And I believe that it's our responsibility, just as Jesus did here. He exemplified for us what we're to do as followers of Christ. We're supposed to initiate these moments for people to encounter God, to experience Jesus. It's ours to initiate. Yeah, God will divinely open doors at times, but there are as many moments as us we're going to knock until the door is opened. And we have to be initiators People aren't always going to cry out to be healed, but God will share with you, put your hand on them and pray for them and watch what happens. In fact, I dare you to do that this week. That's one of your responses on the back of your connection card. If somebody gives this trigger to you, just assume it's from God this week. If they're like, man, I'm just not feeling well. It's my sciatic nerve. You know, people do that a lot. Or like, man, I just, I didn't sleep good last night. In my back It's like, well... Can I just pray for you? Before they give you an opportunity to say, that'd be weird, right? Just go, hey, let me just pray for you. Put your hand on them. Rarely does anybody turn down prayer. Sometimes, yeah. But rarely. So just put your hand on them and go, hey, can I just pray for you? Real quick? And you'll go, okay. And you'll be like, your hand will start sweating. That's okay. You'll just leave a handprint on their shirt. And you just go, Lord. Touch their back. In Jesus' name, amen. You know? You don't have to do anything weird that maybe you've seen on a Christian television station and like rub mud together, spit in their mouth, and stick it in their eye, and like command that they would see, or like pray over a handkerchief, blow your nose in it, and mail it to someone. No, you don't have to do that. But if God tells you to, just make sure it's God. Because otherwise that's gonna be weird. So, you know, it's just but I I dare you, like allow God to use you, initiate something that could bring him glory. That's what he's challenging us to do. And the other word, honestly, I didn't even want to bring it up. Worship team, you can come, but I'm going to. And it's the word indignant. You know, we're supposed to preach the good news it says in scripture. And this really isn't good news. The word indignant in this scene is like the bad news. It's like the bad part of the scene, but it does point towards the good. Because Jesus was indignant in his life. He was indignant about injustice. And we just need to let ourselves be the same. We need to find things that are just happening to people that are wrong, that we can rise up and just be passionately indignant about until we take the action necessary to bring about change. But we need not to let our mission be set off track by indignant people just trying to hold on to the old laws. That's what Jesus is addressing here. He's saying, okay, I get where you're coming from and totally get where you're coming from, but it's hypocrisy to think we have to live according to the law and to live under the grace that God brought us through Jesus. We cannot do anything to earn salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. This not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's a gift. Not by works, so that no one can boast. You can't do anything to be delivered from 18 years of looking at the ground and be brought into a posture of praise that you've never imagined possible. A life that is, wow. After 18 years, she had to have assumed this was her way of life. People probably would have gotten mad at people praying for her to be well. Because they would say, no, this is just her. This is who she is. She's a, she's a bent over one. But Jesus just knew. So he prayed for her. And she was made well. Who's out there in our community... Who is in our life that God would allow us the honor of challenging us to just pray for? He'll give us the trigger. He'll help us know the opportunity that's in front of us. It's ours to be faithful and to reach out our hand and pray for people. It's ours to initiate. And you know what? We should get indignant about not initiating. And just let the indignant people be blessed. Pray for them who would be the hypocrites. We've got a lot of generations to overcome by serving people in love. Let's be honest. Church doesn't always have the best rap, right? And so we have to overcome the negative with true love. What's actually written in the Bible instead of what man creates, all these rules to look wise. That's what's being addressed here. Jamie's going to lead us in a song and then we'll close and dismiss here in a second but I just want to challenge you look at the back of your connection card and consider man what is my response for today there's there's multiple boxes there to check but I I want to challenge you maybe your response today is to say well I need accountability to take action and and I know and, and we're starting to sign people up for groups so maybe you want to check I want to be a part of a group or you want to go online and look at the groups and sign up and it's like I just need accountability because I need the courage to simply go can I pray for you and doing life with one another is a very important part of helping us take that action maybe that's you or maybe today you're like if I'm ever going to initiate making Jesus known. The first thing I have to do is give my life to Jesus because I've yet to do that. Well, we're going to pray right now and give you an opportunity to do that. And also next week, if you, if you've yet to be baptized in water and you think that's something you want to do, let us know. Cause if we have at least three people signed up, we're going to do a water baptism next week. So you could even give your life to Jesus and go public with your faith in Jesus. This could be a huge week in your life. So I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come. And there's so much with this text, but really it's simple. We need to take initiative as you took initiative by loving us with your son's life. So maybe some people in this room have yet to ever follow you as Lord. I pray that right now, They would pray along with me, maybe maybe softly, but they would pray along and and just surrender their life to you by saying, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as Savior. I want to be forgiven of my sins and grow in relationship with you. And God, maybe they they prayed that simple prayer along with me. That simple prayer. But now they want to go public with their faith. They want to, that maybe it's going to be laying their hands on someone to pray for them this week. Maybe it's going to be uh, sharing their faith in an opportunity that presents itself. I don't know what opportunities you're going to allow everybody to encounter, but I pray that you would make yourself known through all of us, through all of us, Wherever we're at on our journey of faith, whether we have, won't even choose to follow you for months from now, may we at least enter into dialogue with those around us about our journey. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for eternal life through you. Give us a strong wake ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. While you're contemplating your response for today, Jamie's going to lead us in
0: worship for a moment here. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at livinglifeopen.com. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast, but have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.